blessed. And Father, I just want to pray for George this morning. Thank you for his life. Thank you for his testimony. Thank you for the joy of the Lord. That is his strength. Lord, we pray for good health. We pray for peace. We pray for an abundance of all your blessings to be his portion this year and for many more years to come. Bless them and the household and the family in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Happy birthday, George. Fantastic. Isn't it exciting that God is moving? Amen. We worship, we sing, we dance, we celebrate, not because it's something that we do on a Sunday morning traditionally. It's because we know the one that we're singing to. He's real. He's real. And every day, he demonstrates in my life, he demonstrates in our lives that he's real. If there's one thing that the world now is kind of, you know, unsure about is, is God a, a story? Is, is God a good philosophy that we can just live a good moral life with? I want to say this morning, God is a real person. God is real. He created the heavens and the earth. He created you. He knit you, the Bible says, in your mother's womb. He knows every thought that you think. He knows number, how many hair are on your head. And the same God is a God who loves you. That's the beautiful thing. He cares about us. He knows us by name, the Bible says. It says he's carved our names on the palm of his hand. Wow. That in the midst of millions and millions and millions and billions of people, he knows me. He knows how I tick. He knows what upsets me. He knows when I'm unhappy and sad. He knows when I'm rejoicing. He knows every thought. And that's what makes it so special that this is a heavenly father that we can know in a personal way. And he wants to hold our hands and take us through this journey here on earth till one day we're going to go and live with him for all eternity. Amen. Doesn't he deserve just a little praise this morning? This wonderful heavenly father who we are singing about. And so I want to share something that's on my heart this morning. It's been kind of brewing for a while. And uh, I just pray for God's Holy Spirit to, to give us revelation as we kind of uh, unpackage this thought. And even if you're here for the first time and perhaps never heard a, a thought like this before, a message like this, hey, I pray the Holy Spirit of God would allow us to understand what He wants to say to us this morning. Sunday morning. Luke 17, let's put up that verse on the screen. Luke 17, verses 20 and 21. It says, Now when he was asked by the Pharisees, the people of the day, scholars of the day, when the kingdom of God would come, he answered and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Wow. The kingdom of God is within you. Just take a moment to let that kind of sink in. While we're used to kind of tangible, you know, expressions of kingdoms of this world, there's a a thought that Jesus threw out when this question was asked of him. Hey, when is the kingdom going to arrive, Jesus? And he says, listen, my friends, I'm going to throw something that perhaps your mind has never conceived before, never thought about before. I'm talking about a kingdom that's actually going to reside inside of you. <laughs> wow. A kingdom inside of me. And I pray this morning, you know, the Bible gives us a, a verse that says, the natural mind cannot perceive the things of the Spirit of God because they're spiritually discerned. In other words, there are times we cannot grapple with our natural understanding certain things that are of God. And we need His Holy Spirit to, to help us understand, to help us know. It's just the sense that, wow, I get this. Not just in a human understanding way, but I get it deep inside that Jesus said, Listen, I'm come that the kingdom may reside within you. Listen, if you're a child of God, you are a carrier of the kingdom of God inside of you. 
inside of you. You know, I was Sunday before last, I was talking about the different levels that Joshua was talking about. You know, if you, if you keep his way and you, you know, do not divert left or right, or, you know, this and that. He starts off by saying, the, and, and I'm, I, I'm kind of using language that I used the Sunday before last. You know, you have access to the bank of heaven. But as he keeps going deeper, he says, the bank will go with you. <laughs> hey, there's a whole big difference. Where, where the, you have access to the bank from time to time, but suddenly the bank is with you. Goes with you everywhere you go. And my friends, this morning I want us to have a, get an understanding, get a fresh revelation of the kingdom of God that resides within us. He that is in us is greater than he who is in the world. The Bible says, when we believe in Jesus, he comes to dwell within us by his spirit. By his spirit. And then he doesn't just come with himself. He brings his kingdom with him inside of us. In other words, we then no, don't just talk about the kingdom. We embody the kingdom. The kingdom becomes part of who we are. We're not just dipping in and out of a kingdom philosophy. We're not dipping out of a kingdom lifestyle. He's saying, I want you to understand that there's a kingdom within you. You live the kingdom. You embody the message of the kingdom. And therefore, there is a manifestation of when the kingdom lives within you and you have a revelation of what it is to have the kingdom of God live within your heart. Wow. Just, just a thought. I who was of no use to anybody, suddenly, when I get to know Jesus, not only only he brings me into his kingdom, he gives me life, but today, he resides inside of me, and now he's saying, it's not just me residing in you, today you're part of this kingdom, an invisible kingdom, in one sense of the word, you can't see it, it's not, it's not by observation, oh, there it is, there, there's, there's Japan, or there's India, and there's the United Kingdom. Listen, the kingdom of God today is moving, walking, talking every day in hundreds and thousands and millions of people all over the world. They are within, within every sphere of life, in schools, in colleges, in the marketplace. When you go shopping, the kingdom of God is moving through you and me. Wow. And so... I put down, as I began to read this, if I have the kingdom of God within me, the kingdom of God manifests in certain ways. The kingdom of God is not a, a concept again, okay, here's the kingdom within me. Sounds nice, Chris. There is a demonstration. There is a manifestation of the kingdom. If the kingdom is within me, there is, there, there is something that can happen through me because I have the kingdom of God residing in me. And when we get a revelation, we begin to operate because revelation allows us then to know. And then when we know, we are set free from what holds us back. And when we are set free from what holds us back, we begin to move in who we are meant to be. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free to be who he's made you to be. And so five things very quickly this morning, five manifestations of the kingdom of God, not externally, but the kingdom of God within. In fact, just put that verse up once again. I want to just read that verse once again before we go to the five manifestations of the kingdom. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered and said to them, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. And so number one, the first manifestation of the kingdom. The kingdom speaks of ruling and reigning. Ruling and reigning. Wow. I never thought I would be a king. <laughs> but he says he's called us to be priests and kings. There's a rule and a reign. Listen, if you're here for, you know, again... For, for a service like this, I want to apologize if church over the years has made Christianity look like a boring, you know, the same old, same old stuff. The reality is far different from what it has looked like in the last many years. And so I pray you would look at the church of God and the kingdom of God with a, a different vision this morning. And number one, the manifestation of someone who's a child of God 
It's not just the do's and don'ts and go to church and come back. No, he wants you to rule and reign as a kingdom citizen, co-heirs, co-laborers with the Father. Rule and reign. There's a verse in the Bible where he's, you know, prophetically saying, Deuteronomy 28. He, he says, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Wow. The head and not the tail. Of course, it says, if you pay attention to the commands of the Lord, your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top and never at the bottom. I like that promise. The head and not the tail. Of course, when you look at the story in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, when God created Adam and Eve in his own image and his own likeness, he would, you know, mankind was created different from the rest of the, the animal world. We were created, God breathed his life in us and created in his image and likeness. One of the commissions God gave Adam and Eve was to rule and reign, if you remember. I mean, I've got all the scriptures. I'm trying to, you know, finish on time. Where Genesis 1, it says, they, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. To be like us. They will reign over all the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the livestock. The whole thing goes on and on and on. Verse 28, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over all the fish in the sea, birds in, birds in the sky, and, and so on and so forth. In fact, if you look at the book of Revelation, it says one day we will be reigning with him. We will be reigning with him. Listen, God has put within us, within the kingdom DNA, within the kingdom culture, within the kingdom uh, lifestyle, an element of ruling and reigning. Of course, when you say rule and reign, it's different from the world's concept. The world's concept of ruling is control. But God's concept of a good ruler is I, I bless you. And that's why Adam and Eve, if you see, he was called to rule and reign. But what was his task? To tend the garden. To tend the land. In other words, when we bring the rule and reign, good things happen to people. Hallelujah. We can go into a place where there's a dead, dark, heavy atmosphere. And because we have the rule and reign of the King of Jesus, we can change the atmosphere and transform it into a kingdom atmosphere. We can move into a place where there's a spirit of death. And we can say, in the name of Jesus, let the atmosphere change. And you bring in an atmosphere of life in your workplace. You can change the atmosphere. Why? Because you carry within you the kingdom of God. And one of the characteristics and manifestations of the kingdom of God is ruling and reigning. In your family, it may seem like there's a heavy cloud. Listen, if you carry kingdom within you, you can change the atmosphere. Rule and reign. Revelation, I always say, brings manifestation. How we perceive determines how we receive. And how we receive determines how we outwork Everything. Wow. Just allow it to sink in this morning. Number one, manifestation of the kingdom is ruling and reigning. And now we have this kingdom residing within us. So you're a walking, talking atmosphere changer. You're a walking, talking bringer of rule and reign. Number two, manifestation of the kingdom. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Power. Hey, within me. Within me. The kingdom is within me. So when I'm walking, when I'm moving, everywhere I go, not only am I able to bring kingdom rule and reign, but there is a manifestation of the power that is part of this kingdom. Hallelujah. I pray it's, it's, it's encouraging us this morning. Power. You know, that's why the disciples, when they were going to the temple and they seen someone there, they said, silver and gold have we none, but in the name of Jesus, we give you what we have. Rise up. We heard testimonies this morning. There is power in the name of Jesus. It's a kingdom of power. And I always throw the disclaimer 
in. There are times, yes, God chooses that we go another direction. And I always say I thank God for unanswered prayers. But that doesn't mean if he didn't answer my prayer, he doesn't do stuff like that. It would be dangerous to create a, 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 a theology or a doctrine based on my personal experience. But sometimes God didn't answer my prayers. I thank God today he didn't. But he had another plan. And even in my pain and my brokenness, he's still able to bring glory to his name. That's the beauty of our God. But we need to understand the kingdom is about power. Mark 16 verses 17 and 18. It says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. Luke 9, 1 to 3. Then he said to his 12 disciples. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Wow. Where is this kingdom? Wow. Within us. Not because I'm a great guy. Not because of my good works. Not because I can do all these things. He takes the broken things of this world and demonstrates his power. He takes the foolish things of this world and demonstrates his Today, everyone has access to the kingdom of God. Every human being. If they call upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. But also then, they have within them the attributes of the kingdom. Because the king of that kingdom comes to live within them. As Paul says, me and him and he and me. I in Christ and Christ in me. Hallelujah. Again, some of these things go beyond our human trying to piece it together. And that's why by his Holy Spirit, we begin to, by faith, grasp. Thank you, Lord. And so the kingdom of God manifests by rule and reign. Kingdom of God manifests through power. Next, the third one, the kingdom of God. What, what, one of the manifestations is indestructible eternity. Hallelujah. Eternal kingdom. Verses after verses. Isaiah 9, 7 was prophesied about Jesus. His government and its, its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. There's another verse I'm going to read. Uh, later where it says one day the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and he will reign for all eternity hallelujah if there's one thing about the kingdom of God it will never end all the other kingdoms and principalities and things of this world and the spiritual world will end but his kingdom will never end and guess what if I have his kingdom if I'm amalgamated with his kingdom if I embody his kingdom if I'm one with his kingdom I will have eternal that is why some people, if you read Hebrews, they were not afraid to die. Because they knew that this earthly death wasn't permanent. They seen the bigger picture. They seen the bigger picture. I mean, I'll read one, one or two verses because of time. Hebrews 11, 13 to 16 onwards. Again, I won't read the whole thing. It says these people were still living by faith when they died. <laughs> they were still living by faith when they died. That means they died in faith. Why did they die in faith? Because it goes on to say, if they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. The first death is not the end of the story. Because one day we will rise again for all eternity. That's why we don't fear the first death, the death that we all have to face one day. Because we know as part of this kingdom, we have eternal life. You know, I, I like what Paul says in, in, in 1 Corinthians. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. And you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. It's like, what's the point? 
he says. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. True, isn't it? If that's the case. But in verse 20 he says, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. Hallelujah. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The ma- one of the manifestations of the kingdom of God is indestructible eternity. Thank God I know the king of this kingdom. And so number one, this kingdom manifests by rule and reign. Remember, you are the head and not the tail. Remember, you carry within you the power of God to change atmospheres. When you know by revelation, then you're able to see that happen. If not, it's like the, like I said, the hundred years boring Christianity. Go to church on Sunday, sing a few songs, nothing else happens. But when we get a revelation of the kingdom, and that's why Jesus preached a lot about the kingdom. The early church understood kingdom. They became kingdom citizens. They understood what it was that the kingdom is far more than saying the two two lines of what we call a sinner's prayer and then sit like that for the rest of our lives. Hey, there's an adventure he calls us on. There's a life bigger than give us this day our daily bread. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, we want to bring down on earth your kingdom because it's a paining world. It's a broken world. It's a hurting world. Hey, listen, there's never been a time more than now when the world needs the kingdom message and a demonstration of the kingdom because the kingdom is good news. The kingdom brings hope. The kingdom restores lives. The kingdom brings healing. Listen, it's not about singing a few songs. It's about understanding that within me, when I'm a child of God, I have the kingdom. And the kingdom manifests. And we don't need to strive. It's there. We don't need to make something happen. It's there. It's just knowing. It's just knowing. Within me, every day, I'm carrying the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is within you. Quickly moving forward. Number four. About after of the 38 manifestations. Okay. Five. Kingdom of God manifests through authority. Quite similar sound things, but just the way words play that allow us to get the bigger picture. Revelations 11:15 says, Then the seventh angel sounded, And there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he will reign forever and ever. Wow. There's so much talk about kingdom and kingdoms. We did a series in church some time ago about the kingdoms. And there are two kingdoms at play. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And all the kingdoms of the world are subject to the kingdom of the enemy. And that's why the most classic, if you ask me one of the most classic verses in the Bible, John 10, 10, where Jesus says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life in all its abundance. It's a very theological statement because in that he's packing a lot of theology. He's saying there are two kingdoms. He's giving, the, he's giving the manifestation of both kingdoms. If you are in the kingdom of darkness, then he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And people ask the question, why is there so much pain in the world? It's because of the kingdom of darkness coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And then we can understand that we can only be part of one kingdom. We choose which kingdom we want to be part of. When we come under God's kingship, the kingdom of light, he says, then you will have life, but not just an average, ordinary life, life in all its abundance. Hallelujah. 
That's the game changer. The day we come under his lordship, his kingship, in his kingdom, the good king. So again, it's not the mind, the world's mindset, control. He's a, he's a king who sets free. He's a king who loves. He's, a, he's actually a heavenly father. A good daddy. He wants good things for his kids. So I thank God I'm in his kingdom today. Wow. Thank God I'm in his kingdom. So through the ups and downs and the battles of this dispensation, because one day the fullness is coming. We will have all the ups and downs of this dispensation. One day, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of kingdoms of our Lord, and he will reign forever. We don't have to wait till then. We already carry the kingdom within us right now. And so in our personal lives, in our family lives, in our in our marketplace lives the carriers of his kingdom let it I pray the Lord would just allow that to sink in you know there's an interesting verse that I just want to read one verse Colossians 1 15 to 20 this is it's quite an interesting verse it says Christ is the visible image of the invisible God he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. If you're not aware of that, there's an unseen world with rulers and authorities and all kinds of stuff. Now, everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead, and so he is first in everything. Now, Christ is supreme over all, this verse says. And it says, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. I mean, that's a thought to kind of digest. Of course, we were the leaders last day. I said, listen, don't get the wrong doctrinal slant. We're not, there's a cult that, that, that's Jesus only. Anyone heard of the Jesus only cult? Okay. We believe in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And but it's saying here, Positionally, in a kind of a, Jesus is like the, the poster boy of heaven. Not only in terms of representing the Father, not only in terms of representing the kingdom, but all rule, all authority, all power has been given to him. He's the custodian, head of the church, head of the unseen realm, head of the seen realm, everything, past, present, future, he will sit on the throne and rule forever and ever. And then when we understand he has got so much of power, that's why when we use the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, whoo, demons begin to tremble because they have a revelation of the power that Jesus has. And when we speak the name of Jesus with revelation, things begin to happen. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. That's why Paul tried to, uh, uh, the sons of Sceva tried to do that. They said in the name of Jesus that Paul used, I mean, they needed to have a relationship with God to use that name. And today, because we are his children, we have been given the authority, the right, the privilege to operate in the name of Jesus. He said, just as I have authority, I have been given authority, I now send you. Wow. Wow. I give you the authority that I have in my name. You will. Think about it. You are no ordinary person today. That's why the Bible says the old has gone and all things have been made new. We are no more the old creation. Those, they that are in Christ are 
a new creation. Are we getting this this morning? I know I'm laboring kind of to bring this across. But I tell you, when we understand that we earthen vessels, as the Bible says, contain and carry the glory of an amazing God. Suddenly when you see, you see differently. You are the head and not the tail. Too long has the enemy put us as the, let's duck, let's hide, let's wiggle through, let's let our soft little voice be, listen, the world needs the, the good news of the king. Because it's an empowering kingdom. It's a ruling and reigning kingdom. It's the head and not the tail kingdom. It's not a timid, meek kingdom. It's a roaring lion kingdom. And that's why I said people are willing to lay down their lives for what they believe in. Because they have a revelation of the king and the kingdom and who they are in this kingdom. Amen. They're willing to lay down their lives. Because they know who they are, what they have. Last point. You okay for the last point? The fifth manifestation of the kingdom. The ministry of restoration. The ministry of restoration. Luke 4, 17 to 21. Beautiful words. This defines the work of Jesus. And then the kingdom, and then us. It says, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unroll, unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. And recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened to him. He began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Hallelujah. Jesus came to change the game. Hallelujah. Set the captives free. And so the work of the kingdom, it manifests in a work of restoration. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 18. I said this already. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. And so when I'm walking around, I carry within me the ministry of reconciliation. Who, me? Yes, if you are a child of God, the kingdom lives within you. The kingdom lives within you. Wow. Who's on keys today? I'm just going to close actually just a moment. I want us to reflect on this. I'm going to read this last verse. Ephesians 1. See, this, is, this, this kind of sums the whole thing up. Everything I've said so far is summed up in this one passage now. And I, I believe God is now in this, this season. He is reminding His people of who we are and what we are meant to be doing. Like I said, I'm sorry if church has not given us the right instruction of who we are, but also what we need to be doing. We're called to reach out to a world that desperately needs the message of the kingdom. That's our task. We cannot see people dying in pain, broken, yet sit and sing happy songs, which is good. But if we really carry the heart of the Father, we will, be, we will feel for those who do not have the kingdom message themselves. We will feel for them. We will feel for them. 
And if I can say this, the world is waiting. The world is waiting for someone to give them good news. People are hungry. People are hungry. They've seen all the systems of the world collapsing. The financial system, not consistent. The medical world, they're having all kinds of things going on. Young people are broken these days. They're hurting, they're paining, they're retorting to all kinds of things to find something that only God can fill. The good news of the kingdom. Like I said, it's not just say, say the sinner's prayer and come and sit in church. They want, they, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it, it's bigger than that. It's the kingdom of God. That suddenly my life is transformed. I carry within me rulership and reign. I carry within me power. I carry within me indestructible eternity. I carry within me authority. And I carry within me the grace and the ministry of restoration. What are we going to do with that message? <laughs> what are we going to do with that? Listen, my friend, this message today is not to condemn us. This message is to excite us. Because the world is waiting for the sons of God to be manifest. The, the whole of creation is groaning, the Bible says. For the people of God. Let me read this last verse as I promised you. Ephesians 1, 17 to 23. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Spirit of wisdom and revelation. So that you may know Him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people, and His incomparably great power. For us who believe. Three things. The inheritance, the calling, and the power. He says, I pray you have a revelation. Because it comes by revelation. The same power he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. And seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all authority and rule, power, and dominion. And every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet. It's repeating what we read in Colossians. And appointed him to be head over everything. For the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Listen, today he is with us as part of his church. Hallelujah. Not the building. The living stones. As the church, the church, as we is the, let me pronounce it correctly, the vehicle, vehicle of the kingdom. The church is the vehicle of the kingdom. It's all about the kingdom. The two kingdoms at war, but the one kingdom that will reign for all eternity. And he's brought us into his family called the church individuals who found the savior but his church then carries on the work that he came to start because one day we shall all be together with him for all eternity and so I want us to understand that he's given us all these things and that's why the man who found the treasure was ready to give everything else up because finally he found what he wasn't looking for. <laughs> he found it. My friend, have you found the treasure? Have you and I found this treasure? And Jesus says the kingdom of God, kingdom of God is like this man who found the treasure. That's why we can be at rest. Because once we find the treasure, we know who we are. We know whose we are. We know our ministry here on earth. We know the future. And every day we carry within us this indestructible kingdom. In your workplace, tomorrow morning when you go, let these words resound. Wow, I'm a carrier.
I am the head and not the tail. I can speak into the atmosphere. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Have we found the treasure? You know, I'm not going to go into the rest of the slides. But we, we were part of a meeting the other day and there were some stats that a couple of good organizations released. Bible Society, Evangelical Alliance. And it says people are hungry. They did a huge sample. Bigger, about five times bigger than what you do when you get the polls done for elections and things like that. So it's a far more reliable stat. Maybe next time I speak, I'll put out those slides. But the, it says the world, people around us are hungry to know the truth. You're waiting. There's a difference, in, in fact, between stats from 2018 to 2022. Pre-COVID to post-COVID change. People want answers. And that's why you have all these influencers and people on social media sometimes giving real bad stuff out, but people are gravitating because they're looking for something. They're looking for something. Young people, 18 to about 24, are, are the highest in the category looking for answers. Highest. And because God has put within mankind this whole thing of, of protecting, of tending the garden, you have these groups who are talking about you know, saving, you know, saving the planet and things like that. It's because within them as well is the heartbeat of God. But what I'm trying to say is people are looking for answers. And listen, the greatest news is the news of the kingdom. The news of the kingdom. My friend, and it's not just a, in word, it's in demonstration. And it's not by might, not by power, it's by His Spirit. Listen, when we understand you suddenly become like dynamis, <laughs> dynamite because you have the dynamis of the Holy Spirit within you. You with me this morning. Wow. The world is waiting, my friends. The world is waiting right now. Your friends are waiting. Your neighbors are waiting. Your colleagues in work are waiting. So quite the contrary to before 2018 where there was a bit of resistance. Right now the stats say they are waiting. They are all hungry and they are saying where is the food? <laughs> where is the food? We are hungry. We want some answers now. Interesting, the top three. They took, what were the top three ways in which people come to the Lord? Again, because of time we are not going to all the slides are we? Number one of course was if they have grown up in a Christian home. So I want... I want you as parents to know all that you're sowing is not in vain. The indestructible seed of God's word is there just to encourage you. That was, it was surprising. The number one reason how people came to the Lord was because they grew up in a Christian home. Number two, ready for number two? I was surprised myself. <laughs> Didn't think that would be number two. Number two was simply reading the Bible. Most people came to the Lord by reading the Bible. And that just proves the Word of God is so powerful. The Word of God is powerful. And so sometimes you give these leaflets and Bibles and tracts and things. The Word of God is powerful. We don't need to try and sugarcoat it. People are reading the Word and the Holy Spirit is doing His work of conviction, of revelation. Number three, and we land at number three. Again, a surprise, surprise, surprise. It shouldn't be surprised. Inviting them to a church service. Number three. How people came to finding Christ. Inviting them to a church. And it said in bracket, not just for Christmas and a funeral. Regular church service. And that reminded me of the power of what Andrew did. Remember Andrew in the Bible? Come and see. Come and see. Come and see. Invite them to your connect groups. Invite them to services. Invite them to other meetings. People are looking for the sons and daughters of God to manifest the kingdom. Hallelujah. See, life is no more boring as a Christian. 
There's no compartmentalization, as I said two Sundays ago. Every day, let's stand. We're carrying within us the kingdom of God. Listen, my friends, if you I hear this morning, I want you to know you qualify to being part of his kingdom. We were all broken people, all broken, messed up. Yet the heavenly father looked down and extended his arms of love towards us, made us his own, made us his children. And that invitation is to everybody in the world today, everyone, because everyone's hurting, paining, looking for answers. And if there's only one kingdom that's going to outlast all the other kingdoms, kingdom of heaven. And so for me to have eternal life beyond my grave here on earth, I become part of his kingdom. I embrace the king of that kingdom. Not only does he give me new life, where he deals with all my past and my baggage and my hurts and my pains and the stuff that happened to me, he deals with that, he gives me new life, he gives me abundant life. That means while I'm still here in this world, he makes it okay. Through the ups and the downs and the valleys, he's holding my hand. I can still smile in the middle of the storm because he fills my heart with his inexplainable joy. But not only that, it gets better. Not only does he give me new life, dealing with my past. Not only does he give me abundant life, dealing with my present. He gives me eternal life, dealing with my future. Thank you, Jesus, for these wonderful gifts. Wonderful gifts. Wonderful gifts. You're not playing church this morning. It's not just another religious activity on a Sunday morning. By revelation, we see the bigger picture. What is going on? What is going on in the world? The devil is destroying people. Left, right, center. The kingdom is manifesting. Listen, the kingdom is growing. Hundreds and hundreds are coming into the kingdom every day. I'm not saying much because of we're live, but in India, entire villages are coming to Christ. Villages, underground church, hundreds, hundreds, ready to lay down their life because they found the treasure. Found the treasure. They didn't find church, they found the treasure. They found the kingdom. God is not interested about us attending church. He wants us to become his kingdom citizens. Lord, thank you for what you've done in our lives. We're going to sing a song as we close, but I want to just allow for this opportunity. If you want to know Jesus, if you want to give your heart to him this morning and say, I want to become part of this kingdom, Chris. I want to become part of this kingdom. This kingdom is is beyond what I had ever imagined. Didn't realize this is what it was about. I thought it was just going to church. I didn't realize this kingdom invaded every aspect of my life 24-7, 365 days. And suddenly I become a powerhouse able to change lives of people let alone my own life. Listen, while we're in an attitude of prayer, I just want you to just slip your hand up if you want to just say yes. I want to know more about this kingdom and this king. Perhaps I want to give my life to him this morning. I want to follow him. I want to become a follower of this king. This kingdom. We pray for you. Just for a moment, then we'll close in prayer. And even if you're online and you're watching this morning, 
okay, I want to I want to follow this kingdom. I want to become part of this kingdom. I want to be part of this indestructible kingdom that will outlive every other kingdom for all eternity. Get in touch with us. We share with you about this kingdom and this king. And so, Father, we come before you this morning. Let's just lift our hands. Father, I just pray that, Lord, you would fill us afresh this morning with fresh revelation from heaven as a local fellowship here at Gateway, as you're doing across the world right now. You are beginning to envision afresh. You're beginning to mobilize afresh. You're beginning to send us out afresh. Go into all the world. Preach the good news. Making disciples of all nations. And lo, I will be with you till the end of time. Father, I thank you this morning. Each of us here carry within us your kingdom. Thank you that we wouldn't, we don't need to let the devil mess with our lives because now he who's in us is greater than he who's in the world. I pray we would operate in the authority, we would operate in the power, we would operate in the rulership, we would operate in the reigning capacity of your kingdom in our everyday lives. We pray that over our children. We pray that over our finances. We pray that over our health. We pray that over our future. We pray that over our destiny. We pray that over our calling. We pray that over every aspect of our lives. We declare the kingship, the rulership, the lordship of the kingdom of God and the king of that kingdom over our lives. I belong to Jesus. And so, Father, we can walk with that confidence who we are, whose we are. Not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto eternal salvation. Amen. Let's give him some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing our final song, actually, and then we're going to close our service. Amen.